Well, without any further ado, why don't we stand to our feet and turn to Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Titus chapter 2, verse 1, only one verse as we go through what we do every year. Um, I stated a church address, and so, um, and, and so, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and dive into uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. When you get there, say amen. amen. Let's get it. I'm reading from the ESV version of the Bible. Read along with me. I won't drop out this time. Let's all read together. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. The shortest verse in the history of Epiphany Fellowship Church. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the state of the church address, moving the church to greater health. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity um, to dive into the word of God and uh, to just get a, a greater expanse of your activity amongst your people. Lord God, I'm excited to know that you're changing lives, that you're saving lives, that you're growing lives, you're commissioning lives, you're doing what you do. And so God, when this church got planted, we decided that we were going to join you in what you were doing, not tell you merely what we wanted to do. And so, God, this is a part of that today. And so help this to soak into your people today. Help it not to be merely a PowerPoint presentation with some verses, but help it to be something that your people grab a hold to as an authentic reality of what you have called us to do so that we can recommit um, ourselves to it. And in order for that to be a reality, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength. Somebody say our strength. Our Redeemer, our Redeemer, in whom we trust. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Um, every, every year, ever since uh, we launched in 2006, September 17th, 2006, um, Epiphany Fellowship has been doing a state of the church address. This state of the church address is not really to talk about the state of the universal church in the visible world. Um, uh, some people hear that and say, oh, he's going to do a state of union about the church. I think it would be a little presumptive for me to talk about the state of every single church across the planet. Um, I think I would need to get some high-level rebuking from all over the place. Um, but the best I can do is talk about some of what's happening here at Epiphany Fellowship and what God has kind of been up to and where God is directing us. Amen, somebody. Amen. So, so what we're going to do is, you know, the, the first thing we like to do through State of the Church addresses is to show the church what God has done. It's very important for the church to know what God was up to. In Acts um, chapter 15, uh, verse 42, I believe it is, uh, 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 um, not the earlier part of the verse, uh, the, the, the chapter, Paul and Barnabas, actually it's 1442, rather, chapter 1442, Paul and Barnabas go back. And they go to Antioch, the church in Antioch, and they begin reporting the activities that God has been doing through the church so that the people could see what their support was going to while they supported Paul and Barnabas when they got their calling in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and were commissioned to God's grace and favor. So, so, so we're going to see some of that today um, to show the church what, uh, what God has done, what God is doing, and to prayerfully believe God for what he will do. Next, also see that reality in us, to us, and through us. 
to recast short-term and long-term vision. If you know here, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that we don't do yearly themes. Like in thir- th- 2013, we're going to be mean. In 2014, we're going to be, you know, 2012, we're going we gonna to shake off hell. You know, we, I mean, you know, we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not how we roll. And, and, you know, we're not dogging anybody that does that. But we believe, based on Proverbs 29, 18, that people without vision are unrestrained. That means when you don't have a visionary picture of what God wants on the earth, you'll just be all over the place. And so where God has us uh, as a church is he wants us in every local community uh, to be refined in understanding strategically based on his vision to see short-term and long-term ways in which he wants to impact the lives of people through his spirit and through the gospel. Restate uh, our mission and our values. So, 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 so as we look at our, our vision and our values, it's, it's, a, it's a ton of new people here. Our first gathering is almost to capacity. We're going to be talking about some issues that we're having in a good way, like Pastor Larry was talking about, and some ways in which we're going to have to strategically move forward. But because, uh, not braggadociously, but because the church has grown, we're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to kind of fold people that are new into the batter of why we're here and why this church got planted so that we can get the mission, vision, and values and the DNA of that in every single one of our lives. Amen, somebody. And so, and so, and so also to keep us dependent and pointed to Jesus. That, 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 that at the end of the day, it, it, it is about Jesus and, 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 us, and us being on the same page with our master. So again, our vision statement is showing off the glory of Christ where? In every area of life. Showing off the glory of Christ where? In every area of life. Amen, amen, amen. Through Christocentrism. Somebody say Christocentrism. Christocentrism. Commitment. Commitment. Community. Community. A communion. communion. Conversions. Conversions. And culturally relevant ministry. Culturally relevant. Amen, 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 amen. First, when we talk about this idea of Christocentrism or Christ-centeredness, we get that from Colossians chapter 1. And in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15, you don't have to take notes here. I want you to look up the whole time. We're going to post this online. You'll be able to look at it on our website. But, 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 but Christocentrism is, is very, very important because in, uh, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, um, the apostle Paul talks about the supremacy of Jesus Christ over all things. But not just Jesus Christ over all things, him through all things. And one of the things that he does in the passage that's phenomenal to me is he uses uh, a, a, a purpose clause to describe Jesus Christ's uh, a work. And he says, all things were created for him. Somebody say for him. Uh, things being created for him is extremely important because that means that Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe, number one. Did you hear that? Now, I know people tell you different, but the Bible says that Jesus Christ created everything. When God spoke, it was the word who went out and accomplished what God spoke. He is creator God in concert with the Father and the Spirit. Okay? And, and what he does, and it says, all things were made for him. Now, even though all three of them created uh, as one God, the universe and everything, specifically it gives him supremacy in giving in his role in the Trinity to give purpose to everything that the Godhead created. So, so guess what? Every, all of that means that everything that he created, he created with a purpose. Our goal as believers is to look redemptively at every single thing that God has created and say, what does this thing look like if Jesus got to it? 
What does my life look like when Jesus gets to it? What does my singleness, my singleness, my singleness look like when Jesus gets to it? What does my marriage look like? What does my role as a woman look like if Jesus gets to me as a woman? Uh-oh. What does my, my role look like as a man if Jesus got to my, what does my block look like? What does my parenting look like? What does every single thing in my life look like if God captured it? See, that's what Christocentrism means. It means to look at every single thing in our lives in light of the redeeming power of Jesus' gospel. That's powerful. And so us as a church, because Christ, Jesus, has created everything with purpose, we must submit all of our lives to be rigged around and motivated by his desired ends. So when we say Christocentrism as a value, that's what we believe about our value of Christocentrism. Commitment. Epiphany Fellowship will be committed to the teaching and application. Teaching and application. Let me say it again. Teaching and application. Not constipation, but application. And see, uh, information without application leads to constipation. But 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 getting information, biblical information, with application leads to transformation. And, and so that, that's what our desire is at the church, and to make disciples. Somebody say, make disciples. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, in order to see Jesus formed in the lives of the body of Christ, we will seek to be an ongoing learning organism, not a learning organization. Because um, organisms can change easily based on what is needed to God's glory. Organ organizations overly, that doesn't mean we don't have organization. It just means that we, don't organ we, we are not structured in a way for us to be static and stoic and have stoppage. So that's very, very important for us as a church. And that's what we would hope that the Spirit will continue to convict us of. Next, community. Epiphany Fellowship seeks to build a healthy environment by which believers may fellowship with one another with Christ at the center. So again, as we dive into this, it is very important that the church creates a sense of belonging for people as they come into the ministry. And we're going to talk about that later as, as we're talking about these principles of moving towards health. Last, uh, 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 next to last core value, conversions. Epiphany Fellowship will seek to proclaim the gospel to those who have not embraced it. The Epiphany Fellowship was not started to be a sexier church than the church down the street. <laughs> what I mean by that is we're not set up to say, let's, do, let's create a bigger show than somebody else so that we can have some, we can sheep steal. That's not why we were, we, we, were, we, we were formed. We were formed in order to plant in a 90% unchurched city to reach, the, to, to put a dent in joining the churches in Philly that have been here before us doing good gospel work. Amen, somebody. Amen. I don't believe that Epiphany Fellowship saves Philly. We're just joining what the Spirit of God was already up to in other churches. And, and we want to help put a dent in that 90% deficit of those who don't know Jesus Christ and proclaim Christ to people, just like it says, and God was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. And so that's what we want to see happen in our lives. Lastly, culturally relevant ministry doesn't mean being cool. Uh, it actually means we contextualize our ministry by understanding the Bible and understanding culture in a healthy way 
for the purpose of reaching the lost and discipling them. That, that's very, very important. That's the basic principle of being relevant means you love God and you love your neighbor. You love God and you love your neighbor. And being faithful to both is what creates relevance. Now back to Titus. It's interesting that in Titus, in the book of Titus and in the pastoral epistles, Paul wrote um, a, a phenomenal, phenomenal letters to young pastors to help them to know how to pastor pastors so that the pastors who were pastored can inject health into the local churches. Paul, 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 Paul says powerfully in the book of Titus uh, chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Titus, the reason why I left you in Crete, in order that you may set in order what remains. So what happened was when the apostles went to a spot and they chopped up the gospel with people and they got it in, <coughs> what they would do is they would preach the gospel, people would meet Jesus. Once people met Jesus Christ as Savior, and then you had a scattered amount of young believers of different ethnicities sometimes and different ages. But what they had was conversions but not leadership. And so, uh, so one of their things that they wanted to make sure that was healthily injected so that when they dipped, when they left, that they had in place everything that was needed to help the organism to grow. They had three things. Uh, repeat after me. Uh, leadership, leadership, discipleship, discipleship. and mission. So in chapter 1 of Titus, we see that he talks about leadership development. You have to have qualified leadership put in place that can beastly be guardians of the gospel. Amen. That's what you got to have. Not, not, not people fighting for authority, trying to be first, trying to get theirs in, but those who sacrificially love the flock through uh, protection, uh, through leading, feeding, caring, and knowing. All right. But then you go for this. Stay with me. Um, uh, then you go from there and he goes to discipleship. Uh, you can have leadership, but you have to have disciple cycles. And in order to do that, uh, uh, t he told him in verse one, he said, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine, which pervades the areas of leadership development, uh, 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 discipleship and mission. The word of sound in the Greek is an interesting word. It, it's, the, it's, it's the word where we get our word hygiene from. The word, the word hygiene um, in the Greek just means to make something comprehensively healthy. And every, and in other words, it, making it what God wants it to be so that there can be proper leadership, proper discipleship, and proper mission. So Titus was supposed to teach what accord with sound doctrine. In the context of Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through about the 7th verse, he talks to four groups of people. He talks to the older men the older women, the younger men, and the younger women. This is dope here. So what he does is he tells the older women, what, older men what to be in relation to dignity. In other words, older men, don't try to put on jerseys and Tims. Be older men. Be dignified. Don't try to be like you're 20. You're, you're 88. Don't take the fit it off. That, you know what I'm saying? Dignified. You know what I'm saying? Put on some tweed. Uh, put on you a nice, 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 uh, be quiet. Um, um, <laughs> Put up, you know, you got to grow up one day, you know. So, 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 so he, he begins telling them what it looks like to be an older man. Not just in physique, but in character and function. And older women, wow, they're supposed to function. Then he grabbed a hold to the uh, younger women. Then he told the older men, the older women to teach the younger women. And, of course, the older men would naturally teach the younger men. See, if a church is going to be healthy, there can't just be pastoral discipleship. There has to be generational discipleship. And that's why we tell older people when they come, you above 50, and you come here, and they say, I like it here. But I know what they're going to say. I done heard this seven years now, the same thing. They always say, um, there's so many young people here, I can't relate to nobody. And I say, you know, I love you. 
And you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to appeal to you, like 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1, two, 1 and 2 say. It says, don't rebuke an older man or woman sharply, but appeal to them as a son to a father or a son to a mother. So guess what I say to them? I say, well, you know, I've been in church for a pretty long time, and I've been in most of the churches. They've had a lot of older people there. And all of the church people that, were here, that are here or the unchurched that were unchurched coming up in the church but then became the church when they trusted Christ, finally had to exist in ancient churches. And so now you got an opportunity to give your life away instead of just finding a social club to be a part of. I'm not trying to beat nobody up, but I'm just trying to tell you this is an opportunity to give your life away, Titus 2 style. You know what I'm saying? If the church is going to be healthy, it, you, you can't just have vibrant young people. You have to have mature older people. But just because you got gray hair does not mean you're mature. Okay? I ain't even going to look at you, Brother Reggie. I ain't even going to look at you. <laughs> um, you, you, you I mean, you, you got to, so, so we got to have both. I think God has blessed us. Our average age is 25. Average. 75% single. It's great. All right? But we also need some older people that have been walking with Jesus and praying to him for a while to say, we want to we wanna give our lives to this. And, 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 so, and so he says, teach them what a cause of sound doctrine, right? So we need that. Paul also did it earlier when he talked to Timothy. Again, this idea of soundness and health is a part of the matrix of the church. And so follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and, uh, and love that are in Christ Jesus. So again, he, he exhorts Timothy with this. I, I could just do a sermon series just on the health statements of the New Testament. Okay, but, 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 but we don't have time for that today. And so, so in light of that, and, and then going to mission, and as we go into mission, what we want to do as we go into mission is beginning to turn our church more effectively as a community, even though we've had some great conversions last year, really turning our lives to recognizing your missionary status as a believer. We'll talk about that in a second. So what has God done? What, is he, what has he done? Uh, started our basketball league. Amen. 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 Um, Anything you see a star beside is something that, uh, that, that God gave to me 10, 12 years ago when, when, when I was writing just a plan for Epiphany Fellowship and what he wanted us to do. And then the prayers of the saints, prayers from people in Arkansas, prayers from people in Dallas, prayers from people in L.A., prayers from people in Seattle, prayers of people in the DMV, prayers of people in the Boston area, and the prayer walk helped all of this to come to pass. All right? Uh, the basketball league has done so good, it's sold out. And so we had to tell... Uh, we had to turn kids away, which I hated. Oh, it ain't nothing like turning a kid away and the feeling you get from that. Um, but, but, but it got to the point where kids was bringing five, ten friends with them to practice. Like, I got some more boys out the block. I want to be a part of it. So Kat was like, oh, Pastor Kurt, like, looking like, whoa, what are we going to do? So we had to get more coaches and everything. And we have Muslims coming and um, developing common ground with people so that we can share Jesus with them. That's, that's basically what it is. We want to earn the right to share Christ with them. And so... And we're really, really excited. We're about to have a big banquet in February to, to honor uh, all of the coaches and the teams and their families going to be coming in. You know they're going to hear the good news about Jesus. You know they're going to hear the good news about Jesus. So it's going to be on. It's going to be on. It's going to be on. So, so, so we're going we're gonna to get it. Um, 
focus our training camps. We focus our training camps. I'm so excited. I'm going to be talking about what's new with our training camps. That's our fourth Wednesdays, our fourth Wednesday nights. We have a phenomenal time of Wednesday night Bible studies like the old school church did. We just remixed it and just utilized what they did and upgraded it a little bit. We're real excited about that. We'll be talking about that uh, with 73% to full financial support. Amen. Amen. And that's very, very important because that other 27% comes in to us through various churches. Um, God has blessed us to raise, blessed me to raise $2 million over the last six years for the church. Of that $2 million, amen, praise God. Out of that $2 million that came in, 400 going on a half a million dollars of it came from the Village Church in Dallas, Texas. So we're going to be doing a video for them pretty soon just to thank them for their support. So with 73% there, my goal, uh, hopefully, is for us to be there by the seventh or eighth year, fully supported and some. Right now, we're at a $600,000 budget. I'm asking God for $750,000 budget. But if he want to just show off like he'd like to do, I'd love to have a $1.5 million joint. You know what I'm saying? Plant some more churches, you know, love on some more people, do some more missions. I mean, it'll just drive me, make this place look a little better, because I know the ladies are dry. The ladies are like, plastic, can I put a flower somewhere, right? <laughs> you know, so, so I, okay, okay, okay. You can have, <laughs> let me get myself together. Historic statement. Listen, y'all can have a bouquet of flowers. Now, not up here. <laughs> not up here. I don't want to be going around forests trying to preach, all right? You know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, 73% there. We got this other 23% to go. And, 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 so, and so we're really excited about God's provision um, through churches that believe in what God is doing here. We adopted William D. Kelly Elementary School. One of our first children adopted that. that it's been a great time. Because, you know, William D. Kelly doesn't have any sports leagues for this, for this um, elementary school. So Epiphany Fellowships, um, our, our basketball league, is the sports program for that elementary school. And so we're really excited about that. The principal is excited about it. Um, they're about to do a 2020 deal with them at that school and how God is working with that school. So let's be praying with them that 2020 properly, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know how to, you know. That they probably do their homework and push out the information properly. We gave away 300 dictionaries to that school last year. One offering, you gave more than was enough, and we were able to use that to go into the basketball league to help what was going on for that, for they, so they can get things that they needed and other things that we needed for our children's and youth area. I saw approximately 100 people meet Jesus last year. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <clears throat> it's crazy. Crazy. So I'm, I'm so, I'm so, I'm just stoked about that. Um, also, 80 new members last year. <coughs> if you know now, we've added a third time a year that we do our, um, that we do our membership class. Thank you. I, I had a, a brain leakage. Um, but but that, that's helpful. So, so what's, what's that now? We average about 40 people in it. <laughs> if it increases, we got room for that. But hopefully, it'll continue to increase the more people that are attending and not here yet that'll become covenant members of Epiphany Fellowship. Crew partnerships. Uh, uh, Tommy and Fatima, why don't y'all stand up real quick? Stand, I know Fatima, you don't like that. <coughs> um, <coughs> y'all gonna make me cry because you know what? I'm just seeing you pregnant again, man. This messes me up. So I'm just thankful to the Lord. I'm thankful to God. 
Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to keep going, all right, because it's getting misty over here. All right. But keep, I ain't tell y'all y'all can sit down, no? Um, so um, she can sit down, but you keep standing. Um, the um, crew is a campus crusade for Christ, and, I, I, and, and, and I, I'm, you know, I've been impacted in many ways by Campus Crusade for Christ, a.k.a. Impact, when it was a part of Campus Crusade for Christ. And um, we have, you know, we have t- uh, schools everywhere around us. And, you, and I live in four blocks from here, so students are all around me. And some of y'all, I see y'all at night. <laughs> I see y'all running up my street barefooted and no shirt on with spray paint on you. I, I just don't even want to see y'all again on my block, okay? <laughs> but anyway, uh, yet I regress. Uh, Tommy um, has, um, with, with, in partnership with Crew, uh, with his support that he's already getting to crew, is full-time staff at Epiphany Fellowship to be able to full-time dedicate himself through the local church with the parachurch working under and with the local church to be able to do college ministry all throughout our city. So we're, we're really excited about, we're really excited about that. And he has been doing a stunning job with our college students, um, a great, great at leadership development, and just excited about what he and his sweet wife are up to her doing her thing as well, because they both crew staff, and Epiphany Fellowship will be supporting them financially this year as well. Um, deeper, a deeper missionary connection to our community. I've been excited about that, seeing the block come, um, just seeing the neighborhood come, people walking to church, and, and just seeing more and more people. Again, uh, relaunch our men's ministry as Numanity. I'll talk about the plan for that uh, as we go in the future. Uh, we took our first foreign mission trip to church and adopted, uh, as a church, and adopted Malawi. Pastor Larry led us in that effort, and I'm just excited about, we'll talk about things going forward. Malawi is a very, very small country, but has potent urban issues as well as type of issues that we got. So I'm really, really excited about our partnership. We, we, uh, uh, God gave us a passion years and years and years ago that we want to adopt a foreign country, come alongside the existing church, to resource them so they can minister to their own people so us Westerners won't bring our westernized form of Christianity onto them. Ain't nobody going to say nothing back to the pastor. That we can be able to go back in there and help them come alongside and God get the credit for doing it through them, not us. So, so, we, so we're excited about that. Our VBS started, a, you know, a good old school VBS. You know what I'm saying? And man, that joint was bananas, man. Pastor Kirk. He does the dude just killing it. He's doing a great job, man. And I'm really, really excited about uh, doing it again, doing that VBS again. And so that, that went, uh, we had a growing, we're growing in a single godly young professionals. People that are young professionals. We got doctors. We got lawyers. We got all kinds of people in here. In the urban church, y'all come to the hood. I'm proud of y'all coming around here to come to church. You know what I'm saying? God bless your heart. Um, um, but we're growing in the amount of, 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 of our neighbors. I don't know why I said that again. Um, growing in the amount of stable families in the church. Just excited about that. Family-stabilized churches as well as young professional singles. That's what helps churches stabilize, come to full support, and to make disciples well. So without the two, it doesn't work. Um, launch our prayer walks. And much of the fruit of the missionary labor of the church that happened this year came from us going in the diamond world. Everything we're doing with the school, all the different things. Uh, so everybody that's going to, don't sleep on prayer, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of, because I believe God used prayer to break down some strongholds. Because we, we have been for years trying to figure out how to, and God was like, y'all got too many methods. Y'all got too many methods and models. You're reading this book. You're reading this book. You're reading that book. How to do this. How to do that. And you, you work. Hey, why don't y'all just pray? 
and just walk where you want stuff to happen at and talk to me while you're looking at it. And then doors just opened up. So that's just how the Holy Spirit does. He loves it when we get no credit and he gets it all. So, uh, so um, engaging uh, in children's Bible clubs. We'll be talking to you about that all through the neighborhood. We'll be doing Bible clubs, and we do them in the homes of people in the neighborhood. And it's a fun time to teach children Bible while you develop common ground with their family and other families in the neighborhood and to share Jesus Christ with them. Again, just a few more things about to launch, uh, about to uh uh, uh, um, uh, our new resident is Watson. Watson, you here? He's upstairs. He's upstairs. Watson's our new church plant resident in partnership with the church that helped one of the churches that helped Epiphany Fellowship Plant Epiphany, Epiphany Fellow, uh, Fellowship Bible Church Little Rock, um, um, which which was one of my mentoring entities that took me there for ten months before I came here. Even though I'd been in ministry for 10, 12 years at the point, at that point, I said I wanted to learn, and they 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 gave me a lot of leadership help. Where Watson's in that same program, but now we're partnering with them on that. And so he's looking, he and his sweet wife Kelly are planting in Germantown section of the city in 12 months. So I'm really, 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 really excited about that. So we helped plant a church, uh, a, a couple of churches down south, and helped plant uh, uh, Piffany Camden, which is coming up on their one year anniversary. So I'll be with them next week preaching for them and celebrating. So you make sure you come and celebrate uh, here. Amen. Um, but I'll be there hanging out, and we never had a problem when I'm out. But I just want to let y'all know that I'll be there next Sunday and, and celebrating with them one year of ministry. So our, our, our daughter church is celebrating that. And then hopefully next, uh, Watson, uh, you'll hear from him in the next few months or so. We trained last year over 250 urban missionaries all around the nation. And so we're excited about that through our ministry thriving. We've grown in untold numbers. And preached through several series, started the Christmas store, which that's where we empower families, versus giving away gifts. We bought gifts as a church, uh, and you guys were extremely generous, and provided a Christmas store to get them at a lower price so that families would be empowered. And so again, that's just another way. The Bible says in Titus 3.14, uh, uh, teach our people to learn to engage in meeting pressing needs in order that we may not be found unfruitful. And so that's a very important thing. And then, listen, when I checked out, our employment rate as a church went up, which is exciting. Many of you pastor, pray for me, I need a job. You know what I'm saying? I had to move back in my mama's basement. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like being in my mama's basement. And so we got, got blessed, and now many of you have employment. So what's our gospel dream? Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. What are we dreaming for God to actually do? Uh, in the near future, and, and, and to transform and help lives. Now, we see what he's done, and we want him to continue that. We want him to increase that. But uh, uh, it, it says, now unto him uh, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask, not can or will. It's what you actually ask or think, according to the power that is at work within you. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. And then it says, amen. So that's what we are believing God for. What are we believing him for? To start four-week summer program, youth program. So some of my college students, all right, don't go away this summer. You may want to hang around and help us with our summer program. We got a bunch of people coming from the village, but I don't want the village to just send a bunch of people and a bunch of y'all are here. So we want to be able to do our four-week summer program, a four-week summer youth program, which the neighborhood's been begging for us to do. And so by God's grace, we'll be able to do that this summer for four weeks through the month of July, right? Through the month of July. So excited about that. 24-month training camp, a project called a gospel project, and in our, in our, in our, uh, our fourth week Bible study night, 
Um, we, uh, you know, I help work on a project for Lifeway uh, called the Gospel Project. That project is what we're going to work through as a disciple, a Bible discipleship curriculum for the church for the next 24 months. You're going to have to register. You don't want to miss it. The joint is going to be bananacles. Next. Uh, deepen our partnership with neighborhood schools. We're going to deepen our partnership in our adopt-a-school program here. Uh, we're going to build a school in Malawi. Amen. Um, our desire this year is, you know, as God has called us to reach all nations with the gospel, you know, one of the things that we found out um, from Pastor Larry and our Malawi team uh, is that uh, th where the, the, the specific area of Malawi that they went to, uh, the girls have to walk to school uh, for two hours back and forth. Not an hour there, an hour back. Two hours there, two hours back. While they're walking there, um, some of them are raped on the way to school. And so what we want to do is we want to, uh, we, that's the why I had that up there. Um, it's going to cost us 17K, $17,000. We want to do that this year. So what we're going to do is in addition to our normal tithes and offerings, our normal giving, once a quarter, we're going to take up a special offering for Malawi. I want to give them some cushion. It'll be great in, is, is that instead of 17K, we can raise uh, tw a 20K. That way, we can help one of the pastors that's going to be doing some work in that school um, with ministries to actually help do what they do to train leaders. And so what's the pastor's name, Pastor Larry? Pastor Delizzo. So we're going to be partnering with Pastor Delizzo. Uh, uh, Pastor Larry is going to be giving us some more information on that specific thing so, you can, so we can ramp it up right. And it would be great that if a, a, above your normal giving that we as a church can give $5,000 extra dollars towards Malawi in that particular time so that we can help them to build a school by the end of the year. Y'all with that? Y'all ain't just saying yes, are y'all? Y'all with that? Let's get it. Let's get it. We want to help them. Amen. 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 Help our brothers. We don't want to go over there again with Western Christians. We want to help them minister to their own people. Uh, one offering per quarter again. Uh, and then uh, we're going to lead a smaller team over there to do some equipping activity for the church there. Next, we got to expand our small groups to 10 more life groups. Now, the elders were helping me back because, you know, I, I would have went 100, you know. I'm like, let's get 100 going. And they're going to be like, Pastor, come on now. You know, because I'm always overshooting, so I undershot. So we're looking to do 10 more life groups uh, throughout the region because it's going to be very, very important for that. So what are we going to need? We're going to need host homes, okay? You to host it. Um, um, uh, number two, we need leaders to facilitate the groups. And then number three, we uh, seeing life groups as an essential part of your spiritual growth. Listen, uh, if you're going to grow, you can't grow alone. The Bible says in Romans, I mean, Proverbs 18.1, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. And, 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 so, and, and then the latter part is, is crazy. It says, and breaks out against all counsel. And, and so, and so the, the, the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, which is the point is not dating. It's more about yoking yourself with believers in biblical community so that you can go from spiritual, uh-oh, from spiritual to spiritual. I'm almost done. Don't you go to sleep on me. We're going to fight. Um, appoint new elders. We, we got a really good level right now of elders and deacons, so we really don't need a ton more. Uh, we just need a few more. Uh, with appointments, it requires character, competence, and commitment. That, that, that's what we're going to need. Also, um, don't come up to me saying, Pastor, I want to be one of them elders. You know what I'm saying? I think I will kill, you know, the pastoral ministry leadership team if you make me a part of that. You know what I'm saying? You'll never be an elder here. I'm just letting you know that. So if, if you want to lead here, you got to sit. Somebody say sit. sit. 
soak, serve. Did somebody notice you? That's how it works. Sit, soak, serve. That's the old black Baptist pastor philosophy. And you know what? It still works. I ain't mad at it either. But that's what we're going to do. I love it. So time commitment sometimes can challenge great qualified leaders. So just know that even though you may be qualified by God's grace in those ways, um, your time restraints may not allow for you to go forward in that. Next, humanity. What we're going to do this year is we're going to go through my father in the ministry, his kingdom man deal. And that's going to be phenomenal from February uh, to July. Um, it's going to be phenomenal. Men, you're going to have to register. So Manhood Restored is coming out. My uh, book, Curriculum, and DVD coming out May 2013 through Lifeway b It's going to be crazy. Um, 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 you can you you pre-order it now, but I would wait um, because we want to we get a deal on, like, the curriculum and the book. And so we're going to start we're gonna be pre-ordering those um, also so, I'm talk, uh, uh, so that we can be able to go through that from, from uh, September to February. So it's going to be a phenomenal time that we're going to go through. And then the 33 series. And then all require registration and open to all men. It doesn't matter whether you're a member or not. Now, I know some of y'all say, Pastor, you always talking about the men. Why every time I turn around, you always got the men before the people. I'm just trying to understand when you're going to do something for us. When are you going to do, when is my stuff? Next month, I told you the stuff coming, all right? But when the men get growing up and, you know, and then he looking good spiritually and, and carrying on nations and everything, you're going to be like, Pastor, I repent of my sin. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. So we're going to require that, right? All right. So this is the, this 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 is about to get a little grimy. Okay, so we got to expand our children's space to accommodate 100 to 200 children this year, because we're we're we uh, we have no more nursery space. I mean, the women, the married women of this ministry, is having babies faster than we can create space for them, and so and we love that. We praise God for that. But y'all, I know y'all be wanting to drop them off because y'all be like, I'm going to church, so I can get a break. Y'all ain't trying to get fed. Y'all just trying to get a break. <laughs> And so, um, and so, and so the, and so, um, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get that going and and get it fast. So we will, we need to begin renovations on our first floor this year. Amen. Our first floor will hopefully seat 800 people. Up here we seat about, we cheat. It technically we only put at like 250 people in here, but it's like 350 people in here. And so the problem with that is, if the fire marshal came in here, he chopped my head off. So what we have to do is we got to get the first floor done. The goal of that is to reuse this facility, this section, uh, for classroom space, multi-purpose use, but on Sunday mornings for children, youth, and the whole nine during our gatherings to make more room for, so we can use this floor and the top floor. Amen, somebody? Amen. All right, so how much will renovations cost? Cost. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let me, let, me, let me pace one time. Let me pace one time. Pace this way, pace back this way. All right, y'all ready? 1.5 million, not G's, millions, not G's, millions. It's going to cost a lot, 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 And so we're going to get this done, and we're going to have the plan to lay this out, and I'm looking for to be able to do this over, because this we got to do in the meanwhile. I mean, not in the meanwhile yet. And one, it's going to be about 150K to finish the basement, because I know some of y'all don't like being in the basement because y'all hate the way it is, and y'all like, this is a jail cell. I don't like it down here. And, okay, so what we're going to try to do is we're going to get it real nice, have a barista in the morning. Amen. Somebody will have loose tea. 
some bubble tea, amen, somebody. Some snackages and some aromas in the atmosphere. It's going to be great, y'all. It's going to be a great time, but don't get all snooty now. You know what I'm saying? Some, uh, can I have a spot of tea? Don't be doing that, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to have that time in the basement. We're going to get that ready, and that's going to be used during the week. Looking to raise over an 18-month period, so we'll be talking about that soon. Next, what will we do in the meantime? In other words, if we grow, what do we have to do? Go to a third gathering. So we're going to do a survey. We're looking at 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening. Um, so, but we're going, to do a, um, we're going to do a survey to see what, what gathering Because we, listen, y'all, everybody come to the second service. Can y'all, like, we're going to have, y'all got to go to another one. So we need, I need, I'm going to need volunteer go to services, people. All right? Because y'all got to go to another one, man, so that we can do that. I'm working on the first gathering, too. That's at, almost at capacity like this, so we got to be able to do that. So when are we looking to do it? October 2013, this year. So we're giving us some time. We were going to do February, but the elder shot me down, um, and I said, okay, you know, whatever. So we're going to October 2013. So what time? Uh, again, that's, that's the time that we're looking at, but no child care at that gathering. All right? So the morning gathering, because y'all know it's nap time in the morning. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mid-afternoon. All right, so a commitment. Uh, uh, so what, what do we need for you? We need a commitment from you as I close. Commitment to love others intentionally in the church. That's what makes us have a sense of belonging. Next, for attenders to become covenant members. Uh, you know, if I meet one more person in Center City as I'm walking around, pastor, and I'm like, hey. They say, I know. I'm, I was one of those people you were talking about that come in after praise and worship and sit on the back row and after you finish benediction and walk out, that, that's me. I, I know I suck, Pastor. I, I suck. And so I'm like, no, nah, don't suck. Just become a member. And so, um, and so, and so, and so that's what we want to do. We, we really want to see people who become believers commit their lives to the local church. Amen, somebody. Be faithful in giving in your tithes and offerings. Amen. Sacrificially give to the building fund sacrificially give and contribute to our Malawi fund. Make your gifts known to the church. If I hear that one more person got a gift and ain't using it, and you've been here nine years, I'm going to jump out the window. I'm just letting you know right now. So I need you to let your gifts be made known. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4.10, employ your gifts in serving one another. Okay? Rig your life to share Jesus with others as you go. Start sharing Jesus with your neighbors. Next. Plug into a life group to make disciples and to be disciples. That, that's that's going to help us. That's going to help us. And the more people plugging into life group, the more uh, apprentices we can develop and the more we can multiply our life groups. That's it for today. Are you excited about the Lord's work here? Amen, amen, amen. Well, we're going, to, we're, going, we're going to be moving forward. I'm excited about what the Lord is up to. So don't forget this year. We're going through several series. As I close, men, y'all can go ahead and bring the communion over. Um, as, as, I, as I close, the, uh, you know, the, um, the second Sunday in February, we'll start uh, uh, Eve Redeemed series. So, ladies, ladies, let's get ready. I need some prayer and some fasting because I've already been getting uh, 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 bomb threats and all kinds of things on my life, you know, so that I don't preach nothing crazy. So, pray for the pastor. Um, but, we're, but we're going into our womanhood series. You know, our next series after that is worship series. Series after that is our 
There you go. Thank you. Family series. After the family series, 2014 is 1 Corinthians. Line by line, precept upon precept. Amen, somebody. So I'm excited. How many of you excited to get about what God is doing? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, all right. Let's, let's, um, let's prepare our hearts and minds for, um, for um, communion. Leaders, don't forget we got leadership after this. I know we went a little long today because uh, of um, baptisms in, every, in, the, in the worship time. Um, but leaders, you got, if you're a leader and you're not coming to leadership, I'm just telling you right now, I'm, I'm going to look at your leadership. Because there's been leaders that haven't been coming. You haven't come for months. And I'm just telling you, I hate to end on this note, but if you don't come to leadership, I'm going to reevaluate your role here as a leader. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. All right? And it's going to be right here in the gathering space because certain people want it to be warm while we meet. I ain't going to say no names. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Father. I love, Lord, I just love the fact that you're a vibrant God and that you're active amongst your people and you're working amongst your people and you're transforming lives amongst your people and you're, 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 you're bringing people from spiritual death to spiritual life, spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. And the, people are having phenomenal love affairs with you. Uh, um, I, I love the fact that so many sisters here are growing in you. Love the fact that so many brothers are growing in you, and it's just, it's just a sight to see uh, for your work. Be with us today as we complete um, this gathering now by communion and benediction. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.